2: Welcome in. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. Rob Black in your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing and more. Going to be talking with Patrick O'Hare in the not-too-distant future. Uh, Good conversation. What the H-E double-toothpicks is going on in the stock market. We'll get his perspective of business as usual, or time to panic, time to sell. We'll get some angles on that. One thing I can tell you about him is uh, he doesn't mind calling it like he sees it. Um, I'm Rob Black. Let's talk money. Let's talk investing. Let's you know, talk these markets. Um, I would say it's been kind of crazy out there, but the reality is corrections are normal, and they're long overdue. When you have five up years where you're up 230%, um, it's, it's a good thing not a bad thing. Um, When Tesla goes from 30 to 290, it's probably at some point in time going to go from 290 down. Any stock that goes up 100%, you should probably look for it to pull back 40%. In order to have a winner, you have to sell, and some people do just that. Better for worse, earnings reporting periods, you know, going to take over right now. Um, we're looking for industrials to do well. That's probably when you go, okay, things are a little bit back to normal. There's a sense the market's a little oversold in the short term. But in the middle to long term, it's kind of pricey unless the earnings come in line. Based on the last time we looked at it, the labor market being okay. Dropping rates has been pretty phenomenal. The yield on the 10-year Treasury note hit 2.2%, and that tells you something really, really bad is out there. The drop on the yield for the German boon hit 0.8%, and that tells you there's something really, there's probably three or four things that are really bad. So maybe if we have a Jason Voorhees terrorizing the teenagers at Camp Crystal Lake, maybe they got a Jason Voorhees... Charles Manson. uh, You know, throw in a couple other serial killers. And, you know, a nightmare or two, per se, Freddy Krueger, at their Crystal Lake. So, it's pretty ugly in Europe. I said this yesterday, that Germany stands alone. I'm not sure if there's a song for that. I'm not sure if... There's a lot of meaning to that. I can tell you that Germany runs a surplus, and I wish we all ran surpluses and not deficits. They are a model country to study. Earnings reports from J.P. Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo Citigroup. Um, all of note. Kind of mixed as far as expectations go. J.P. Morgan came up a little shy of estimates. Of Wells Fargo and City Group slightly ahead. I do like the financials on a valuation basis. Any deep pull-off there, and uh, that's one of the areas that I would look for. Johnson & Johnson, better than expected results. Um, that's, you know, that's the basics of it today. Taking a look at the market, you know... Um, Numbers, not as important right now as where do we close. What is the, the, the close of the market? Yesterday, the market kind of went off cliff at the end of the day. Um, some of the names yesterday, like GoPro, was big in the news, in large part because Michael Schumacher, the Indy race car driver, I think it's an Indy race car, I don't know. F one's super guy, speed guy. Uh, that that stock sold off aggressively because he died and well oh god now I'm messing up the story. He did not die. He was involved in a uh, accident skiing while wearing a, a helmet that had been fitted for a GoPro camera, and whoops. Uh, maybe that was a bad combination. So that stock yesterday went from about eighty four. It closed the day around 76, but got as low as 74 and a half. Will it rebound today, or will people start saying, you know, hey, maybe I shouldn't put my kid in, you know, a skateboard helmet with this on top? But I think skateboarders probably mounted on their board or so in their head. But anyway, you get the idea. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Uh, Anything you want to talk about today we can talk about? Uh, Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. Rob at robblackshow.com. I start my day typically with like a Wall Street Journal. Um, Spin throw the New York Times. I will look at the LA Times, but it's it's a lot less materially important to me than the East Coast newspapers, including the Washington Post and the Financial Times out of London. You know, no big Ebola break today. Um, Any good story for uh, cheap American fast food? Uh, the IEA oil demand growth forecast is the weakest in five years. International. Energy Agency reduced its 2014 oil demand growth to its weakest in five years, sending another bear signal to the market as oil prices continue to tumble. Now, why is that good for companies like Chipotle, companies like Darden Restaurants and Yum! Brands? It's because when you go to fill up your truck or you go to fill up your car and you got an extra $10 at the end of the week, an extra 40 to $80 at the end of the month. You're like, oh, sweet, let's go to dinner, honey. Let's fire up the Trans Am and go to dinner. So you get that. Yesterday, Google kind of announced a little bit that they've adopted a the delivery service model, they're targeting Amazon. Google's expanding its delivery service. It's going to start charging a membership fee and intensifying its battle with Amazon. Starting this week, Google will charge ten dollars a month or ninety-five dollars a year for unlimited same-day or overnight deliveries on orders of over fifteen dollars. Non-members pay four ninety-nine in order or $7.99 if the order cost is less than fifteen bucks. Can you imagine buying something for ten dollars to have to pay, you know, eight bucks to send to you? Um, Google Shopping Express, better known as Google Express. That's customers' place orders online for products from physical stores like Costco, Staples, and Walgreens. It's expanding the service to Washington, D.C., Boston, and Chicago. It previously, has already been in parts of New York City and the San Francisco Bay Area, as well as Los Angeles. Companies adding retailers, including PetSmart and Vitamin Shoppe and Sports Authority. It's begun testing deliveries of some fresh food in the San Francisco area as well. So Google Express is part of the company's mounting competition with Amazon which I found kind of interesting. Google's chairman, Dr. Eric Schmidt, basically said, you know, we don't really compete with Bing. We compete with Amazon in search. Fascinating. When you just totally overlook a competitor and act like they're not even in the room. I'm Rob Black. Got a brand new event coming up a couple Saturdays from now. You can sign up for the event in Redwood City. It's actually not Redwood City; it's Redwood Shores. Um, We'll take a break here. Be right back. It's uh, oh, by the way, the event's October twenty-five. Sign up at robblack.com. Talk about some songs that just don't work for you. Mm, that would be one of them. to Each calls in the air. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. Been a little bit late on phone calls, dude. From uh, what's it Palo Alto? Calls in whenever I ask. Say that. Don't call in. Uh, Costco making their first foray into China via Alibaba, uh, bringing a big membership-only bulk seller to mainland China. Costco's online store will initially sell food and healthcare products as well as Costco's private label Kirkland signature products to China. The store leaves Costco poised for growth in China, where consumer appetite for imported goods has remained high. Costco seems for sales growth and higher revenue for membership fees drove a thirteen percent increase in profit in its most recent quarter. Let's bring in C F P Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton, talking money, talking investments, talking much, much more. Chad, I remember a couple years ago, someone said, what rate of return would you take to quit? Basically, they want me out of the industry. So if they could tee it to me, I'd quit. Um, typically, historically, I'd say about 15% was the number that professional money managers would take. If they can get 15% returns guaranteed for the rest of their life, they'd quit. That seems a little high in this day and age. Uh, what's your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I think because of the, the debt bubble and the deleveraging situation that we're going to see around the world for the next 10 years, I think you could cut that in half. I mean, the money doubles every 10 years at 7%. So the guaranteed return of 7% is unbelievable. You couldn't find that. I would say that back in like 99, yeah. when interest rates were higher, um, there was fixed annuities out there by A-plus rated companies that were guaranteed at 6 and 7% for 10 years.
2: Yeah. That was beautiful. It's in hindsight it is beautiful at the time we didn't take it because there was bigger returns happening on the market and it's funny because now that number 15% how about 12% that still sounds pretty high as far as a guarantee for the rest of your life would you take it deal with the devil um but it also comes down to different people different expectations mm-hmm. uh you know for my income I'm really I'm only expecting 2 to 4% but some people may need 4 to 6% so they change their expectations to what they need and then suddenly they're they're taking on way too much risk well,
3: yeah. So let's you got to kind of peel back your expectations a little bit because of the deleveraging that we're going to see. I still think we're going to see positive returns in markets over the next decade, but I think that might be a little bit muted potentially because of the deleveraging. Uh, banks aren't lending as much. You don't have that kind of capital flow throughout the economies of the world. Um, so it's going to come a lot of from innovation. And two-thirds of the growth are, is projected to be from emerging market areas. And when you're dealing with emerging markets, you've got currency exchange issues, mm-hmm. so you and you have political issues. So to get those historical averages of 11% in stocks that we've seen over the last 100 years, it means over time, not necessarily right away, but you're going to have to have more and more of your portfolio in international investments, which means you're going to have to deal with more volatility. And that's why I say it's so important that by the time you get to retirement, you need three years' worth of expenses in cash so that you have – a buffer for all of the volatility that we will continue to see over the next couple of decades.
2: So you start blending some of your expectations is is the concept there. You know, historically stocks have averaged 10% plus some dividends Mm -hmm. bonds have averaged 6% real estate 5%. So you start with the historic averages, but you understand that now because in your words, deleveraging, you lower some expectations. And, you know, I I saw someone once say, should I invest in this stock? It's got a 19% yield. Well, historically anything over 6% is like, an earthquake. So when you go three times the historic rate of returns of what you could expect, you're starting to look at like a disaster in your portfolio if you're being too greedy, if you're you're extending your expectations.
3: Yeah, the dividend trap when people are hunted for yield. The, the the most successful investors over time are, are the total return investors that deal yield get both yield from dividends on stocks and bonds and capital growth out of the share prices. The dividend growers. And a way to hedge inflation in the long term with the portfolio is have a significant uh, portion of the stock side of your portfolio, which when you get to retirement might only be 30% of your portfolio, in stocks that consistently raise their dividends on a year-over-year basis. If you do screens for that, I mean, you know, I typically have 25 to 30 stocks that are in the dividend growth type of criteria where we're only buying companies that raise that 10% a year dividend. Right. But there's always about 200 companies on deck that meet that criteria. So there's there, there's that investment style out there that is important when you're in retirement, it might not get you the, the, the souped-up growth years when small and mid-cap are really rallying or emerging markets, but it gives you that long-term consistent total return of growth and income with an inflation hedge because the companies are increasing their dividends.
2: That's pretty good stuff. Now, um, you know, sticking with that concept, uh, give me a little bit more color on what your expectations are for real estate.
3: Uh, real estate, because we're finally bouncing along the bottom here and we're seeing the final finally signs of bottoming, um, there th- could be things that could derail that, of course. you sure. know, Any kind of a major systemic credit issue where banks don't want to lend anymore or increase in interest rates because of inflation, that could, again, cause harm to real estate. And we will probably see a decade of – some, not, not anytime soon, but soon where you see high inflation because of the amount of money that's been printed around the world. Um, but historically, real estate returns to the point of location location location. Mm-hmm. It will grow in areas where there's jobs being created um, and young people moving there and it goes up at the pace of 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 wages yeah. right you have the the most important thing that determines the value of the house is the affordability of the mortgage and so if the rates start going up, mortgages are more expensive right and less affordable and if inf- in income isn't inflating then housing prices aren't going to go anywhere. So they look like they're bottom. They look like they could go up with wage inflation right now. But if you, know, you don't get any wage inflation or there's you know, many increases in interest rates, it could cause the housing prices to sit here for 10 years.
2: Talking rate of returns and expectations with certified financial planner Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's where his CFP resides, newfocusfinancial.com. And we got our first Super Bowl advertiser signed on, a company called Mophie. specializes in the -the on-the-go charging for mobile devices. It's going to announce plans today to advertise on NBC's broadcast of the Super Bowl. It's the first new advertiser to sign up with the NFL. It's widely seen as a miss. Um, As far as new advertisers go, it's kind of important that the NFL gets that kind of story out there. Um, just kind of say, Hey, don't look at the Ray Rice story, don't look at the Adrian Peterson story. Look, we got new advertisers who love our brand and our image, don't look over there. Um, so Mophie is trying to use a press release right now to use the Super Bowl as an expensive megaphone and and try to get people to, you know, pay attention to it. Um, which isn't a bad way of going about it, trying to be the first one out there. Advertisers pay up to $4 million for each 30-second slot. Usual network uh, shenanigans, in my opinion. Last year, Fox said it was 85% sold out in August. 90% sold out in the first week of September. Advertisers will ultimately spend up to about $200 million to be part of that game. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Coming up, we've got the one and the only Patrick O'Hare talking market action with us. I'm Rob Black. Welcome in. Rob Black getting your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. The Walking Dead season 5 premiere Shattered Records. Again, showing you that investing can be about television, it's product driven. AMC is publicly traded. And it's pretty clear that there will be a Season 6 of The Walking Dead as long as these numbers continue to go higher. Listen to this, though. 17.3 million viewers beating the Season 4 premiere of 16.1 million viewers by over a million. That's just, you know, walk off the field, home run. Let's go to Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. How are you, Mr. O'Hare?
4: Hey, up, I'm doing fine. Thank you.
2: Walking Dead, you a fan or not a fan?
4: Um I can say that uh, I I'm, can't call myself a fan or, or not a fan. I haven't seen the show. So. Uh, but enough. I can say that uh, Walking Dead seems to be an apt description these days for the stock market.
2: You saw where I was going with the obvious. Um, <laughs> what is up with this market? Um, typically, when I work in television as well as radio, and um, when the news anchors start asking me questions like, market lost 3% last week. Is this the beginning of the end? I'm like, I think, weren't we like just at 52-week highs two weeks before that? And um, it's funny how quick sentiment turns and people get scared.
4: It sure is, and I think you raise a really good point, Rob. Um, You know, in the midst of what's going on here, and and obviously it doesn't feel good just given the the speed at which these things uh, develop and uh, to the downside, is that, yeah, you got to remember we had such a big run, um, you know, not just off the 2009 lows, but uh, really, you know, from the period about, you know, mid-July into, you know, uh, mid-September, um, you know, the S&P 500 gained uh, upwards of about 6% in, in about six weeks. Um, that's, a, that's a big move. And, um, you know, and, of course, we hit the all-time high with the Alibaba Group, IPO on that day, and and so it, to me, uh, the market, you know, uh, we've been saying it for so long, you know, it was certainly due for some type of setback, some type of pullback, and um, and it started to pull back. I think really without. Any clear-cut news catalyst, uh, and that to me is kind of like a symptom of just a market that recognized it was overextended uh, and needed to take some money off the table. But the the added element now that's been thrown into the mix is that you're getting some uh, unnerving headlines that are exacerbating some of the selling interest and contributing to a lot of the headline fears as they relate to slowdown concerns, worries about Ebola. Um, the effects of a stronger dollar on earnings prospects, and it kind of just all melds together here to um to lead people to uh, reduce their risk exposure out of concern perhaps that this might be the end uh of this bull market run we've been enjoying for so long i don't think it is, but that is what is one of the factors that is is keeping things down, and why the buy the dip uh mentality has not um succeeded lately. <laughs>
2: Seems like we got three or four things playing into the market psychology or the market's action right now. Seems like Europe, Germany's a shining star, and everyone else is struggling. You got the stronger dollar. You've got, you know, the United States being kind of like the shining star. You got a little slowdown in Asia. Um, where do you favor? Like, I'm not saying rock, scissors, paper, but kind of like. Where do we go, okay, if there's a 5% correction, I'm happy. If there's a 10% correction, I'm thrilled. If there's a 20% correction, I'm panicked. Uh, what are you looking at as far as maybe your next cue?
0: Right.
4: Well, you know, the it's, it's fundamental analysts sit there and, and look at, uh, and i Concentrate primarily on the U.S. market. Um, and we've talked about these things before. You take a step back and you realize that, um, you know, interest rates have, have come down during the sell-off. You know, that that's going to be supportive for equity valuations. Uh, earnings are still growing. We're going to see that, obviously, uh, as we roll through this third quarter reporting period. Uh, and inflation is obviously still low. Uh, and then we can't uh, discount the fact that with the stronger dollar, uh, on dollar-denominated commodity prices, and oil in particular, uh, that that pulls down gasoline prices, and that's a positive, you know, for uh, for consumers. And um, you know, those those items kind of get lost in this mix right now, um, but we think that they will ultimately circle back around to kind of being the um, uh, the elements that start to get highlighted that perhaps you know arrest this uh, this sell-off that we're seeing you know as people come to appreciate that uh while there are problems abroad certainly while the us economy s- could certainly still be doing better uh it is doing comparatively better than most developed economies and uh and that can be regarded as a good thing and so um you know we just have to uh, kind of get out of this sentiment funk uh, and we've got a lot of headlines right now contributing to it, but, uh, it may take just, you know, one really good economic report out of the U.S. or one really good, uh, earnings report and earnings outlook from some blue chip company, uh, to, you know, help people, uh, get past, uh, some of the, uh, current, uh, feelings of angst about where this market is headed and, and having things turn higher here. So, um, but having said that, I would admit, you know, we're kind of at an important inflection point here, um, A technical analyst at Briefing.com will point out that the S&P 500 broke below its 200-day moving average, and that's been uh, seen as a potential uh, trapdoor move if it cannot be uh, closed here pretty soon and supported. Uh, You want to see these buyers step up and defend the market at that level. Otherwise, we could see some extended downside action here in the near term.
2: How about the... um specter of inflation slash the federal reserve the federal reserve from what i'm reading seems to be not that worried about inflation um, at this moment at this time is that another reason why stocks should be you know preferred over bonds
0: well
4: you know what the market is is suggesting to us anyway is that it's not concerned of inflation getting out of hand. Um, You're seeing that in the drop in in long-term interest rates, certainly. I mean, the 10-year yield is down to 2.2%. We were over 2.5% not that long ago. We started the year over 3%. Um, And what that also implies is that the Federal Reserve, notwithstanding a lot of uh, hemming and hawing that they're, you know, likely to raise interest rates, you know, relatively soon, uh, probably won't. You know, they have told us they are data-dependent and they have a dual mandate uh, on the employment side and on the inflation side, and clearly they continue to come up short um, uh, on both ends, but, you know, particularly the inflation side is not uh, living up to their expectations. And so um, so that's another one of those elements I think of, you know, the market kind of like uh regroups here and settles down and comes back to the understanding that the the Federal Reserve is not, you know, likely to raise rates uh anytime soon. That could, you know, be a supportive factor here for the equity market, but um but one thing that is important uh to keep in mind though is that, you know, that mentality has been a real strong source of support, you know, that interest rates are going to stay at the zero bound uh and, you know, equity valuations can be supported at higher levels because those interest rates aren't going to move. But the, the key thing right now, I think, is that you know global stock markets have to maintain their faith in the, the central bank policies. Um, concern we have is, is what we're seeing unfold in Germany in particular and throughout the Eurozone is perhaps investors there are starting to lose faith in the ecb and its ability to try and change the economic dynamic there uh... we talked about this a few weeks ago and uh... we think that um, you know it's a risk certainly for the united states market if investors here come around to a, a similar conclusion and realize that you know what central bank policy is 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 just ultimately ineffective here to do anything other than drive up you know stock prices but it's not ultimately helping the real economy and then they don't have anything, any ammunition left, uh, so to speak, to help support things in the event you do get a recession led through weak aggregate demand, or perhaps some exogenous shock like, uh, like a, a deepening recession in the in the eurozone and a slowdown in China that ultimately filters over to the United States.
2: I'll give you the final minute and a half, two minutes, Pat, um, Chief Market Analyst Briefing Anything else that you want to focus on or maybe highlight for us?
4: Well, there's uh, the, for the rest rest of the week here. Certainly, you're gonna have to watch, you know, the earnings reporting come out. I mean, this is you're gonna get some some blue chip U.S. based companies uh, that will have the ability to to turn the tide here if they can can come out and uh, not just report better than expected results for the third quarter, but uh, but provide that reassuring guidance for the for the fourth quarter and and into next year if they can, you know, you know mention that things are not uh, as bad as they're being made out to be and that they're still optimistic about their sales and earnings prospects uh, moving forward, that can help uh, stem the bleeding we've seen here late. And also, you've got some economic data coming out later in the week, uh, beginning with the retail sales report tomorrow and then the industrial production report, uh, which could be looked upon favorably if they turn out stronger than expected, especially knowing that some of those same indicators in other economies aren't aren't uh, looking too great right now. And that could be another idea that gets people focused on the United States as being the place to invest.
2: Thank you very much for your commentary. I appreciate it. Very insightful, very helpful for our listeners. You can find Mr. O'Hare at briefing.com. He is the chief of market analyst. There's a host of other analysts and kind of insiders per se at briefing.com that can help bring you up to speed on technical trading, international markets, economies, and much, much more. Check them out at briefing.com. Face mask and hazmat stocks are crashing. And the only person to blame, if you own them, is going to be you. It's not, I don't do story stocks. Or I rarely do story stocks. Um, It's an ugly day for the Ebola trade. Because not another American was diagnosed with Ebola. Ebola. Shares of Hazmat Suitmaker, Lakeland Industries, and Protective Face Mask Company, Alpha Pro Tech. We're down big in early trading. Again, not my kind of play. It's too speculative. It counts on needing someone else to get sick and potentially die. Um, Monday, both stocks are up huge. Tuesday, both stocks down huge. And if you ever want to do this kind of trades, go for it. I'm not going to stop you. You know, if you want to go after the biotechs, fine. In the end, if they don't have the cure, which will probably take a year, two, three years to develop, and get tested and get approved, you're kind of screwed. Um, the easier way to do it would be like two short airlines, and then you're just not going to get burned as much. But if you're trying to hit a home run, please note that Reggie Jackson,
1: Reggie,
2: Reggie, Reggie, struck out a lot. It's kind of a horrible story. I've got to decide if I want to tell it. Uh, okay, I'll tell it. Many, many, many years ago, um, Prince came to Washington, D.C., Constitution Hall, great place to see a show. I paid pretty good money to get seats for my girlfriend and my sister and myself. I thought it was a show worth seeing. So, I'm like maybe 5th, 6th row and there's no one in the row next to me and there's so there's like 15 empty seats, right? And first half of the show he's doing his new album that was okay. Second half of the show he's going to do his old hits, which was kind of what everyone wanted to see. Um So, halfway through the second part of the show jesse jackson and you know jesse jackson the guy who ran for president jesse jackson the guy who gets prisoners released jesse jackson who tries to calm cities down and, and calls for peace and love and good things he sits next to me and uh he's rocking and i'm doing the white guy dancing thing you know where i move my shoulders and have an overbite thing going and It's not attractive. And he's doing the same thing. (laughs) Like, it's not... Neither one of us have rhythm or move or style or structure. We're just big messes. I kind of look like a, a spineless jellyfish. My body does when I try to dance. It's not good. It's not good. To the point that I went on a date in the Bay Area, and she wanted to dance. And I was like, okay. And, well, anyway... Let's just say that didn't go well, because she liked to shake, and I kind of like to stand there and have a beer. Anyway, okay, so halfway through the show, halfway through the second act, in walks Jesse Jackson and all of his entourage, and we're both dancing and joining. it gets kind of quiet, and at some point, I look over at him, and he looks over at me, and you're thinking... Is the song from Titanic going to come on?
1: What's <laughs> you
2: No, 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 no. So I look over at him. He looks over at me. And I don't know what to say to him. Like, yo, dude, what's up? No, 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 no. What's happening? Hot stuff. Nope, 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 nope. That's not going to come out either. What comes out of my mouth is, I loved it when you played for the Yankees. Reggie, Reggie, Reggie. And I was... Bouncing my arms up and down like baseball cheering. And he just looked at me like I was the dumbest man on the planet. Which is fair. Which is fair. So that's my Jesse Jackson story. And that's all I got for you. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Listen to some of the stories that are out there today. There's some good ones. Um, Google adopting a delivery service model. They're targeting Amazon. It's going to be $10 a month or $95 for a year. Unlimited same day or overnight delivery on orders over 15 buckaroos. Now, that is interesting. Unlimited same day or overnight delivery. That's better than Amazon, which gives you that two-day. But Amazon also gives you the music and the video services as well. Mm. Again, this is only located in Washington, D.C., Boston, Chicago, San Francisco, L.A., and parts of New York City. So if you want a baseball bat from Sports Authority, or vitamins from Vitamin Shop, or pet food from PetSmart, it's not a lot of retailers. So it's not there yet. Other big stories of note today. Planet Hollywood has re-signed Britney Spears to a two-year residency. She's kind of got it extended two years to four years. Her original two-year contract was worth roughly thirty million dollars to perform forty-eight shows, with ticket prices between sixty and five hundred dollars. Did the casino make money? Uh, prior to her contract, the company had an EBITDA earnings for interest, tax, depreciation, and amortization of about eighty million. That is now running near a hundred million. Um, they're trying to keep her for another two years so she's getting some of the credit now her last album called Britney Jean was a flop that's one area where I kind of wish Michael Jackson would have stayed alive how are we not playing Prince or Britney Spears going to break anyhow um, one area where I kind of wish Michael Jackson stayed alive he would have been at Vegas and that would have been a, a sight for to be seen I'm Rob black talking all things financial, money markets and more. I'm not stressed. You shouldn't be either.
5: I've
1: got my hands
6: Twelve twenty. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network.
2: Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Two great Mark Zuckerberg stories in the news today. Zucks he announced that he and his wife, Priscilla Chan, are donating $25 million to the Center for Disease Control Foundation to help fight Ebola. Zuck announced in a Facebook post today, adding that we need to get Ebola under control in the near term so that it doesn't spread further, and that we end up fighting for decades at large scale like HIV or polio. He said he believes the $25 million grant will be the quickest way to empower the CDC and experts' funding that can help Frontline responders set up care centers, train local staff, and spot new Ebola cases. He said, we are hopeful this saves lives. And in the other Mark Zuckerberg story of the day, he reportedly paid more than $100 million for a swath of land in Hawaii, on the island of Kauai. 700 acres on the North Shore. It's going to include a pristine white sand beach, a former sugarcane plantation, and an organic farm. Under Hawaiian law, the beach will have to remain open to the public as, he, as the state has no private stretches of sand. He's worth $33 billion. He throws down a $100 million chunk of it. He's the second Silicon Valley billionaire to buy up part of Hawaii. You could remember the other one as Larry Ellison. And Steve Case, back in the day with AOL, bought up a large chunk, I believe, of Hawaii as well. But don't quote me on that. Stock market. How's she doing today? How's our baby? How's our baby the market doing? I know you're saying that's just a bit too creepy.
1: Um Yeah.
2: It is, it is. Uh the SP five hundred's up twelve. Baba boy, baba boy. The Dow up 83 and the NASDAQ up 36 points. A little bit of a rebound, but yesterday the market had a spectacular collapse at the end of the day. Will we do that again? GoPro up 1% today. But what's interesting to note is yesterday I typed in the wrong ticker symbol. I typed in PROS. P-R-O. And that one's up 3% today. So, maybe if you made a mistake yesterday and said, I think this is hit bottom, buy me 100 shares of PRO. I don't know, maybe. Um, pros, holdings is big data software applications worldwide. And I don't know anything else about it. Like, it's that kind of vague. But it goes to show you that you can make a typo and see how it plays out for you. The big difference between buying CBS and buying CBS. Big difference between buying Cisco with an S and Cisco with a C. to get your calls on the air, money, investing, and more. Uh, we're in earnings season, and I, I find that to be a good thing. It calms me. It relaxes me. Doing stories about Britney Spears extending the contract to Planet Hollywood. Oops, she did it again does not excite me, does not calm me. In fact, it makes me kind of toxic, cancerous, intoxicated, nuclear waste. I don't know. Um, Other big stories of note today? There has to be one other big story. Oh, yeah, so it's earning season. And so far, what we've gotten is pretty good. Today, we've got a couple banks out there. The big banks like Citigroup and Wells Fargo. Um, and they're good. New Ebola cases seen at 10,000 a week by December 1. The number of Ebola cases in three West African nations may jump between 5,000 and 10,000 a week as the deadly viral infection spreads. So we got that going for us, which is nice. Should make for a nice Christmas, huh? The outbreak is still expanding geographically in Guinea. Sierra Leone, Liberia, and accelerating capital cities. What do we do? World Health Organization's forecast shows the magnitude of the task-facing governments and aid groups as they try to bring the worst-ever Ebola outbreak under control. So far, 8,900 people have been infected in three countries with more than 4,400 deaths. There's nothing that I can say that's not bleak, and there's nothing that I can say that's funny. So there's nothing insightful. We will continue to monitor. Other stories of note out there? Um, stocks are kind of rallying, ending a three day route, which reminds me of Tears for Fears when they sang the song Route, Route, Let It All Out. These are the songs I sing about. Or was it Route, Route, Let It All Out? These are the stocks that I'm selling out. I don't know. I'll just shut up. Shut up, Rob. Tell me about the stock market. Tell me about the rabbits, George. Stocks rose. We rose. We're up. Woo! Citigroup gained 1.4 percent. Bond trading revenue climbed. Crown Castle International, which doesn't that sound like a booze company? They're not. Uh, potential acquisition. Some 53 of the S&P 500 companies are scheduled to release earnings this week. Profit for members of the index probably rose 4.8% in the third quarter. Sales probably gained 4.2%. Equities lost $744 billion in value since October 8th, which marks the birth date of your savior, Rob Black. Yes, I was born on October 8th, and I'm your stock savior, the guy to get you to retirement by singing songs like stock, stock, let it all out. Um, Equities, losing $744 billion to me is a good thing. It shows you people that are risk averse. It shows you there's fierce sell-offs at times and that we all need to know this. Airline index increased 3.2%. They're going to be the biggest winner of weak oil for the next two years. So if unless you think Ebola you know continues to get out of hand and continues to spread country to, country to country to country to country to country, I mean are you afraid of booking an airline flight at this point in time? Keep in mind when SARS hit many years ago, it did take traffic out of the air in Asian airlines to the tune of forty to sixty percent for various airlines. It's a lot of empty seats. Um Delta Airlines up, American Airlines up, United Continental up. Um, let's see. I don't think I have anything else that I really want to talk about. I think we just end the show right here. Send it off to the Smithsonian. Put it in the vaults of history. Now, okay. Citigroup, third-largest bank, said profit rose 6.6 percent, topping expectations. J.P. Morgan Chase, a little bit lower. They're a big U.S. bank. In fact, J.P. Morgan Chase is the biggest U.S. bank. They swung into a third quarter profit from a year earlier as a surprise gain in fixed income trading helped boost revenue and legal costs narrowed Wells Fargo. I've got a mortgage with them. World's most valuable bank posted a third quarter profit that matched expectations. Hmm. Questions? Call me. 800- Five one six twelve twenty. It's 800-516-1220. Big event coming up a couple Saturdays from now. Redwood Shores. Come meet me and CFP Chad Burton. Let it all out. We'll take a break here. Be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready. It's the Christmas time, holiday season that we all find so pleasing. The advertising blitz is getting ready to start. The interest in Black Friday bargains is building. Macy's and Walmart added a projected 800,000 holiday workers to their ranks. Can that be possible? Macy's and Walmart adding a projected 800,000 holiday workers to their ranks. If you're working part-time now and you want to work full-time and you're not picking up a part-time job at the holidays, there's something wrong with you. You're lazy. Um, Households that earn less than $50,000 annually are expected to spend an average of $377 on holiday shopping compared with $978 for households that earn more than (sighs) $50,000. Can we just cancel Christmas? 800-516-1220 Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. 516 to get your calls in the air. Let's talk a little real estate. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, com. It's com. The first time home buyer is an intimidating process. First and foremost, like you have to figure out how much can I afford and where should I buy and what's a good house, what's a bad house? Because trust me, the lessons you learn in life are from experience, they're not from books that you read. In my opinion, even if it's books by someone who's experienced it, I don't think you're getting what you need to know. What I'm looking for in the next home I buy is different than what I'm looking for in the last home that I bought, which is different than the first home I bought. Uh, let's talk about that first-time home buyer, the Virgin. What do we need to know about
5: the Virgin home buyer? Well, it's intimidating. Okay. It, it, it's the largest purchase you'll ever make for most people. right? Um, you start early, get pre-approved. I think that's definitely the first thing you do. And part of that, you're going to look at your credit, you're going to see if there's anything wrong with it, if you need to make some improvements or pay off some debt. Um, and a lot of people sometimes, they, you know, i worked with some buyers that it took six years before they bought. And we had a plan, you know, fixing their credit, we need a little bit more income. They were self-employed, so they were writing off too much on their Schedule C, and it wasn't really transposing over uh, better. Of course, self-employed, they used to have the stated income, so there's a lot of products that are gone that first-time home buyers used to use to help qualify. Um, and there's some of those are coming back, just so you know. I'm going to give a, a little bit of um, light down the end of the tunnel. Um, some portfolio lenders are offering what they call start uh, te- not start rate uh, qualifiers, is what they're called. Okay. Um, in the past, they used to add two percentage points to what they call the qualifying rate. So there's some new products coming out. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel. But definitely look at your credit. Be open-minded as well. Um, you, you may not be able to buy in the area you're looking at because it's too expensive. Uh, and there's a reason why it's too expensive, because that's where people want to live. So... You know, you may have to have a starter home. You may have to buy a condo or a townhouse townhouse um, if you want to stay in that area, or buy a single family somewhere farther out. And then you got to look at: am I near a, a mass transit? Can I really handle driving an hour to work uh, one way? Um, but starting starting early is probably the first thing that I would really uh, want to tell these people that are looking to buy a house Um, and get in front of professionals and don't trust everybody that you run into. There's a lot of information on the internet that's going to confuse you. Right. Um, That's a whole other topic in itself. Let's stick with the professionals one
2: that you can't always trust people. That's a frustrating one because honestly, I can meet 10 realtors today and I'll like them all personally, but professionally, I'll like two or three of them. And that's a problem with people because we tend to not fall in love, but we tend to go with our, and, and our it's, emotions.
5: Yeah, and it's not just with the finding a realtor. It's finding the right um, uh, loan source. Uh, whether you're going to the Internet, are you going to go to your bank where you have your checking and savings? Are you going to go to a broker? Are you going to a banker? Are you going to a, a, you know, who are you going to? And the frustration there is that you don't know who to trust. Um, the Internet's going to tell you who to trust, and you don't know if you can trust them. And there's so many websites out there that are going to confuse you. And I think that that's probably one of the things that the industry has changed the most in is that, just like it did in the car business, um, that the industry is not keeping up as fast as the Internet is. Um, there's uh, the, the best way to do it is, to, in my opinion, is go to a broker that has multiple sources so they run your credit once and they can fit your product into one of the lenders that they work with, as opposed to going to a bank Um, where you might have to shop several different banks just to find the bank that fits your scenario. So that's what I would do. I see a lot of people making the mistake of shopping loans where they think if
2: I contact another lender, he's going to give me another rate or a different rate. And they might, but they may be just teasing you just to get you in the door. You want to to really shop a lender first of someone you could trust and someone who's got good referrals and someone who has the ability to go out and shop other loans for you and not just offer a prepackage instead of trying to you know, randomly get lucky. Because when you try to randomly get lucky, they see that you've had a credit report pulled by another lender, and they say, yes, Mr. Black, whatever you say, Mr. Black, I've got this great loan for you, Mr. Black. Comes time to sign, you're like, what are these fees? We didn't talk about these. Or you know, you get higher fees but lower rates, or you get higher rates. Now, granted, fees. there are
5: some many, many, many new rules that are, protect, that are set up to protect the buyer. Yeah. Um, they're not always executed the way they're supposed to, and used to to help the borrower. As a matter of fact, there are, there are uh, <laughs> some lenders actually came to us and told us how we can use the new rules to confuse the borrower and, and use it in our advantage. We're like, what are you talking about? Um, it, it, it's crazy how the industry is really trying to adapt to what the Fed is trying to mandate here, um, and it, it makes it even more confusing. And what the 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 buyer, especially the first time home buyer, is supposed to expect out of the transaction.
2: Sounds good. It's Tony Mendez. You can find him at bayarealonesource.com. That's bayarealonesource.com. You'll list Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at robblack.com. The NBA is getting ready to announce um, ads on their jerseys. That's a little bit sad. The NBA just signed a nine-year, $24 billion TV rights deal with ESPN and Turner. There's a plan inside of the deal to split up revenue from potential jersey to advertising. At one point in time, they were talking back in 2012, maybe two-and-a-half-inch by two-and-a-half-inch logo. Um, I just... The only reason I'm saying it's bad, and I work in radio and television, we need advertisers. And if you like radio and television shows, you need to support those advertisers. But it just seems everything is so commercialized. I once took a girlfriend to a hockey game... um, 15 years ago and she'd never been to a hockey game and i was like so what do you think and i was expecting to say it's a fast game it's fun it's exciting she goes i'm my senses are overwhelmed by the commercialization and i stopped and i looked at it from her eyes and you see advertisements floating advertisements on the ring um you know advertisements in the signs it's it's Pretty much too much. Anyhow, um, if you watch a little Premier League soccer Saturday and Sunday mornings on NBC Sports, you'll see that, like uh, Manchester United, probably the most dominant sports franchise or the most watched sports franchise on the planet, these, they've got these big old honking Chevy logos on their jerseys. So, other sports have done advertising. So you're darn tootin' that it's coming to the NBA, and guess what? After the NBA, where it's going? MLB. After that, NFL? Uh Uh-huh. It's an unstoppable force. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I got a real unique event coming up two Saturdays from now. It's kind of a meet and greet, discuss portfolios, discuss financial planning to be at the Bay Club, which is a sports club off Holly in Redwood Shores. You can sign up for the event October 25th at robblack.com. So a couple Saturdays from now I'm gonna be at the Bay Club which is the fitness club kind of country club that I work out at they're opening it up to you if you want to sign up for an event it's in Redwood Shore it's not Redwood City um, it's mistyped on my website but it's called um, Brews at the Bay Club and gonna have some sampling of some local craft beer gonna have some uh, finger food kind of stuff uh, Chance to meet CFP Chad Burton and his team. Chance to meet me. Bring your portfolio. Talk money investing. It's really not just a social event. It's really more of a what's financial planning event. So bring your financial questions. um, And you get a gift certificate for a one-hour complimentary portfolio review. So with that said, I will be there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in there. You can sign up for that event at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Um, consumer stocks should do pretty well in the next year because crude oil prices are expected to stay low for up to two years. I don't know if I believe that, and I don't know if something won't change that. You saw an American shot today in Riyadh, the Saudi capital city, um, and there's never a good combination. Um, a gunman shot dead, an American wounded another, at a petrol station in Saudi. Rare attack on Westerners in the kingdom. Um, anyhow, what else do we have here for you? Keep in mind the United States is leading an attack on Syria. And a lot of people in that part of the world not too happy, not very happy people in any way, shape, or form. Mark Zuckerberg donating $25 million to help fight Ebola. Um, he doesn't want it to get large scale like HIV or polio. He's also buying a $100 million property in Hawaii, which is, i got to be honest with you, it's pretty sweet. Uh, I can't say Hawaiian names. The Kahuaini Plantation um, in Kauai, 2,500 feet of white sand beach, but he has to leave this open to the public. Uh, organic farm with a variety of crops, crops, including ginger, turmeric, and papaya. Plantation's been approved for up to 80 homes, though so the Zuckerberg reported plans to build only one doesn't get much more private than that. Zuckerberg is known to go to great lengths to secure his privacy. In 2013, he bought four houses next to his Palo Alto home to prevent nosy neighbors from moving in. Um, This will be pretty inclusive, pretty exclusive. Um, He has bought as many as two dozen landlocked parcels on the plantation. The rights to those parcels are known known as Kula Anas. Um, It's absolutely gorgeous. Of course, you would expect it to be. Um, And I think that's about all I can tell you about it. The beach is difficult to access with the half-mile trail that leads down to the shore. Uh, The beach is open to the public, and that piece of land Zuckerberg purchased is situated a bit further back from the shoreline. All told, the Facebook billionaire now owns some 750 acres of property on the isolated stretch of Hawaiian beach. So, pretty nice. 800-516-1220 800 1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Mixed earnings from major financials. C Group beat. JP Morgan missed. Wells Fargo in line. The dollar is advancing against its peers. Crude oil remains weak. Biotech stocks bouncing back. Um, taking a look at the overall markets, I would have to say that it's a positive day so far. But yesterday we had just an awful collapse in the last half of the day. Ebola stocks are getting massacred today in because not another American has been diagnosed with Ebola. S&P 500's up 21. The Dow's up 132. The NASDAQ up 59. GoPro having a little bit of a bounce back. Tesla bounce back. Facebook bounce back. Apple continues to work a little bit higher. Exxon Mobil moving higher. Apple's playing with that $100 level. Doesn't seem to be making much uh, movement past it. You could say that it's consolidating there. 10 year Treasury bond sits at 2.22%, uh, thus making real estate still very viable because of low cost mortgages. So there'll be some speculation still, but not m- as much. Hmm. I'm trying to find stories that are interesting to you. Chipotle's pizza chain said that we've been making pizza wrong since World War II. Pretty interesting. Co founder Bobby Stuckey told Nations Restaurant News that while traditional double zero flour, It's been used by the industry since World War II. It lacks flavor, and it's unhealthy. During the war, flour became a commodity that was stripped of nutrients to give it a longer shelf life and make it easier to ship around the world. Uh, They use a richness of flavor uh, called Edison wheat. It's healthier, and it's described as nutty. Chipotle has been changing the landscape of food for now two decades. Their burrito chain posted a 9.3% sales increase in 2013. Uh, while the former parent company saw their sales fall 1.4%, McDonald's should never, ever, never have spun off uh, the burrito chain known as Chipotle. Uh, Chipotle uses grilled meats and vegetables without antibiotics or GMOs, and millennials are flocking to it and supporting it. And uh, it's interesting, I've heard some people kind of trash Chipotle's recently, like, oh, I don't like it. Apparently, someone does. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I do a little television appearance on Channel 4 Cron right at 915. Uh, if you want to go check out what I look like, you can turn that on. You can go to their website, kron.com, and do it that way as well. If you want to get a copy of this radio show, there's a podcast available at kdow.com. That's no, dot biz. Dot biz. Let's take a break here. Come back, talk money, talk investing, talk more. Grab me an email rob dot com, it's rob at dot com. Talk to you soon.